What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, what is it, Saturday, Sunday? I'm doing it towards the end of the weekend, uh, June 30th, uh, 2018, and you guys are listening to episode 361. How the hell is everybody doing? Uh, I know that I was having some, there was some issues with the microphone, and the microphone pops. Um, uh, hopefully, it's better um, this episode, and I'm figuring this out a little bit. I have this new mic. It's got all these different functions, and I don't know if that's a part of it or what's going on. So um, going to check it out, see what the deal is. Hopefully the, the problem is, is fixed or better and going to continue to. So my apologies to, uh, to anybody listening to this, hearing that stuff. Uh, sorry about that. And again, I am trying to do the podcast closer to the beginning of the week. Uh, so by the time you guys get this, it'll be towards the end of the weekend and then moving forward, it's going to be on like, you know, uh, beginning of the week, uh, just for, like I said, for plugging stuff and, um, you know, being able to have you guys, cause some people catch it late. So I don't want to plug stuff on a Friday or Saturday and somebody's like, Oh, I listened to your podcast on Monday or Tuesday. I would have went to your shows or, uh, so we're going to do it that way. Uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody had a great time in between shows, um, a lot of stuff to talk about, man. I've been watching a lot of these documentaries on Netflix, and uh, you guys know I was on the ball with that staircase one, and uh, there's something I'm going to talk about on this one as well, which uh, is kind of mind-blowing, fascinating, the whole thing it was, was is actually really crazy, uh, which is the uh, evil genius one, which is uh, about the, um, I guess you could call it the pizza bomber, rest his soul, in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, years ago, just one of the wildest, craziest, um, crime stories, you know, out there, and, um, haven't been watching a lot of Netflix, but they nailed it with this one again, you know, um, Staircase, I was two, two years ahead of that one, I also saw the confession tapes, shout out to whoever, uh, gave me that recommendation, somebody gave me the recommendation, it was a fan, and I forgot who it was, I apologize, I know that it's somewhere, but I wanted to uh, let you know that I watched it. And for all you Patreon subscribers, uh, I put on a Patreon episode of just reviewing it, talking about it uh, a ton. I put a picture of it so you guys can see which one it is on Netflix. Uh, so check that out. Also getting some more Patreon subscribers, uh, people that saw the show. I'm out here in um, Minneapolis right now. I'm going to get into that. But um, yeah, so I talked about the confession tapes on the Patreon and on this one, I wanted to talk in depth more about Evil Genius, which was a wild, wild ride. Uh, one of those, it's only like four or five episodes too. It's not like the staircase where you got to donate, you know, a month to it. Um, I'm not donate, dedicate a month to it. Um, but uh, a ton of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff going on in sports. Yankees, Red Sox playing each other for first place in the AL East. I know half of you guys could give a fuck, but it's a great race right now. They're tied. And uh, the Yankees won last night, but there's another game tonight and a game tomorrow. Uh, also, the World Cup is on. And uh, last I checked, Uruguay was beating Portugal one to nothing. Uh, that game is on right now, so I'll let you guys know about that. I want to talk about a very funny show uh, that we're doing uh, in relation to uh, sketches and uh, just a ton of stuff. My unacceptable. Uh, your guys unacceptables. So this is a full packed episode 361 for TVE. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And there will be more Patreon. I'm with Bill Burr and Joe Bartnick out here in Minnesota. We will be in Detroit tomorrow before wrapping up the weekend. 
and going home. So, um, yeah, it is a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm going to try to uh, get one of those guys uh, on the uh, on the Patreon. I think I'm going to try to get Burt back on the Patreon this weekend uh, so you guys can hear that. Like I said, $3 a month. You just get more content, pictures, podcasts, just funny shit, uh, reviews on movies, interviews. Just It's just extra Verzi effect. Um, and, uh, yeah, for $3 a month. So thank you guys so much if you're doing that. Uh, before I get started here on the show and the things I want to talk about, Got to shout out the new, and I just put my prediction in, the new sponsor of the Verzi Effect podcast, Capper Network. That is right, Capper Network, C-A-P-P-E-R, network.com. I don't think that there is a better fit for my show. Uh, Bill Burr gave me the nickname, dude, I called it years ago, and a lot of people said, not the nickname, I shouldn't say, that's not my nickname, but that's what a lot of people come up to me and say, dude, I called it because I love watching sports, and then afterwards doing that. Well, what Capper Network allows you to do is actually make those predictions, and then you could actually see where you stand on a leaderboard, okay, and when you get good and people see that you're up there and you're doing good, they will actually purchase your predictions. So when they go to Vegas or they go to a sports book, they're going to use what you said. And in order to get that, they could obviously see the stats and um, they could pay you for your predictions. I just put my uh, Yankee one in today. Uh, I'm kind of up and down with it. I hit a couple. I lost a couple. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with it. They're always adding to it. Okay. Um, You know, when you have friends that always claim something, you know, after the fact, Capper Network will verify those, you know, I called it moments. Also, Capper Network um, is for sports fans of all levels, 100% free to join, guys. Okay, whether you're new experience, sports better, or daily fantasy sports player, uh, CapNet is for you. Submit your prediction on the sports bets and daily fantasy plays and conquer the leaderboard. That's it. That's it. So you could, if you, you know, you're talking shit, you're like, I told you, I told you we were going to win. Be like, oh, Joe, you always say that bullshit. Oh, really? Go to this. Look at the leaderboard. I just won, asshole. I'm winning. Um, you know, you could also, um, you could put, you could put, you could also get a capping team, which you can look at. You could put together a team of these guys and get all the, all the guys that are doing the, you could pick the leaders and make a, you know, a, a team. That uh, you know will give you an edge when you're making your sports wages. I mean, that's what this that's what this uh, lets you do. Um, so you know why trust the sports picks of a single analyst? Okay, when you can trust a sports pick uh, that are backed by a team of cappers. That's right. That's what they do in Vegas, by the way. They put a bunch of guys in a room that come up with the handicap and all that, and uh, and that's what happens. Um, the best thing about Capper Network is you could just go on there and just make your predictions and, and like it's free, guys. So even if you don't do, even if you're not at the very beginning, early stages of this, of, of watching, you know what I mean? And you can make cash by predicting outcomes. What's not to like? It's 100% free. On top of earning cash and bragging rights, you can improve on your sports waging and daily fantasy capping skills. Capper Network is uh, new and growing, and they have a lot more awesome stuff being added to the site. Uh, Cheat sheets, uh, cash survivor contests, and anything else you want. The owner, Tucker, really listens to the folks, and that's true. I met those guys, and they'll tell you exactly... You know, they'll listen. If you're like, hey, man, I want this. I think you should do this with the NBA or this. Like, they totally listen. And, um, you know, you could send them a message in the little chat pop-up on the bottom of the site. They listen to it. Pick it, prove it, profit. 
cappernetwork.com. Uh, I made a couple of picks on there, and somebody was like, oh, Verzi won two in a row. Let me uh, buy his thing. And then I probably, I think I fucked it up. But anyway, it's a lot of fun. It's completely free. And, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you something right now. The coolest thing is if you don't even want to, like, and, and this is also not just to make money. I mean, yes, you make money on it. I mean, there's, if you keep winning, people buy it. And once this thing grows and, and you're on the leaderboard, people are going to buy your picks. You're a handicapper pretty much. Um, and, but the coolest thing is too, is like, you know, this is something your wife or like you guys could just talk shit. You could have fun. You know, that's the best thing. It's like, you know, you go on there and be like, Hey, you watching the game tonight? Yeah. You know, I wage this many points, uh, units on my, on my, uh, capper network. So hopefully I get there and then you, you know, you compete against the guys on top of the list. So please check it out, read about it. And if, like I said, if there's any questions or things you wanted to see, there's a, a pop-up at the bottom where you could send a message and all that stuff. Uh, cappernetwork.com. Love working with those guys. And um, hopefully my pick comes in. My other one didn't. I fucking, the one night uh, I picked the Yankees after not, you know, waging anything for a couple days, uh, they end up losing to the Phillies. What are you going to do? But uh, I, I bet some, uh, I put them up today, you know, and I'm worried about it because they won 8-1 to one against the Red Sox yesterday. I don't know if they're going to do that again, but it's a lot of fun. All things comedy, guys. Uh, check them out. They're doing some really big things and some big things are coming on top of the podcasts and all that stuff. Uh, and the, the TV shows, I mean, the, the, the web series and all that and the, the albums and all that. So check that out, altixcomedy.com. Um, we are doing more spoofs, guys. If you liked the Goodfellas sketch with me and Sean, we did the Goodwill Hunting one. It was fucking so funny. We're hoping it comes out good. We're also going to be doing a Top Gun one. There's going to be some celebrity comedian guests popping in on these sketches. And what we're going to do is we are going to spoof iconic epic scenes of some of the most, you know, iconic epic movies that were ever made. And we're going to do these spoofs of them. So we did the Billy Bats, Go Get Your Shine Box. We did the um, Goodwill Hunting, It's Not Your Fault. We did the um, the uh, blowing up the, the scene, uh, blowing, you know, he said when there's nothing else, you got to just, you know, blow the joint or whatever when they're sitting talking and uh, Tommy's asking Ray Liotta, Pesci's asking Ray Liotta to go on a date with him and the place starts smoking. We did that one. And there's going to be more. But I got to tell you, it is so fucking funny. We're reading these scripts, crying, laughing, because these are scenes that, you know, millennials and everybody could see. Like I said, I was crying in Sean Patton's arms after he told me it's not my fault for like four hours, just weeping. And the funniest part about it was I'm sitting there and they're like, all right, action. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so, (laughs) all right, cut. And then I'm just like wiping my face, getting normal again. And I'm realizing like acting is so fucking hilarious that you could literally just be eating, you know, a chicken salad wrap and then t- 10 seconds later, you have to fake find out somebody you love, you know, jumped off a building and you just got to act. And they're like, all right, cut. And then you're eating dinner laughing about it. It's so bizarre and fun and funny. But uh, you guys will definitely be seeing uh, more of that. I am in Minneapolis, guys. Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I have a couple of unacceptables today. All right, so I'm going to get into that. Um, They're not ones that get me nuts and hot, so don't expect me to sit here and start freaking the fuck out, but there's a couple that like, these, like the ones I'm going to talk about today are like eye squinting, 
like the ones where you just tilt your head and squint your eyes and go, really? Really? Is that, was that necessary? And I'll start with yesterday. Now, uh, I haven't been on a plane in a while, actually. Uh, the last time I was on a, I was on a plane earlier in the year, but there's been a couple of months where I'm just running around the city and doing stuff, but now a lot of traveling. I'm in Minnesota, then I'm in Detroit, then next week I'm in Atlanta. Come out, ATL, punchline. Next week, me and Joe Bartnick, I'm headlining. Joe Bartnick's going to be there with me. It's going to be awesome. The Atlanta punchline next week, July uh, 5th through the 8th. I'll get into that at the end, but that, that's what we're going to be doing. I get on the airplane, and um, I'm like, all right, you know, this is, this is cool. I upgraded my seat to like right I was going to get my first class for like $127 I go what comes with that I go, is it a big plane and when they were like no it's not a big plane I'm like I'm not going to first class then so cuz I already upgraded to a like a, a more space like whatever window uh seat anyway I get the eighth row, which is right behind first class, and it's double the size and space of first class because it's where the plane kind of, you know, like when the, the, the carpet goes straight, but then it kicks out a little right and then goes straight again. I was in the kick out, so like I had an extended part of the plane. Uh, there seemed to be a nice younger uh, Indian woman sitting next to me, and I tried to just be nice and go, hey, this is better than first class. And she goes, I know, right? And then just looked away. Like, you ever try small talk with somebody and they could give a fuck? She wanted nothing to do with me. She, I was just trying to be nice. I'm not a fucking, I wasn't hitting on anybody. I was just one of those that I was just like relaxed, sitting down. This is great. And then I start panicking on the airplane, all right? And I'm texting friends. And uh, Bartnick was on his way. Burr was on his way. Or they were already landed in Minnesota. And the air... The air on top of the... By the way, I'm sorry if none of you guys fly. You don't know what I'm talking about. But when you look up on your seat, there's like that little air thing and then there's a light. And I like something's falling from the air thing. And I'm going, dude, is there a leak? And I'm going, what the fuck? Dude, is there an air conditioner leak? Are wires going to... Because I watched that stupid show, Why Planes Crash or Plane Crashes and that one rest those people's souls, the, the Swedish plane that tried to come back. But like condensation happened and started dripping, smoking. And like before we're taxiing, I'm going, dude, am I, the, am I the one that knows? Am I the one that has the answer to save this plane right now? That's how fucking nuts and narcissistic I was being. I'm going, dude, this all falls on me. All of the souls on this plane fall on me right now okay do I say something so I'm texting Burr and I go dude I'm getting a couple of drops from the top and I don't know I, I don't feel water but something's falling from there dude I go I'm freaking out should I say something you know and Bill just comes back with ha 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 laugh out loud and just and I'm going why you laugh dude I go no I'm serious dude. I'm kind of freaking out he goes dude a little drip from the air conditioner is not going to make the plane crash and he's just laughing at me and shit and I'm fuck I'm genuinely scared so once again I nicely look over to the Indian girl next to me. I go, is something dripping? She's, no. And she looks away. And I'm like, all right, she wants no fucking, like, she was so fucking not into talking. And I don't know if she was scared, but it was just like, it sucked. Because normally when you're on a plane for like three hours and somebody's sitting, not that I want to talk. I had my eyes closed. I had my headphones on. I was going to sleep. But when there is that little something talking, hey, how you doing? Oh, the weather's nuts. Oh, wow, 99 degrees because it was 99 degrees. Like just something like that. You think the person's going to be nice. Instead, I got this tension 
You know, like she's like an alcoholic relative that came over to the house that nobody likes to talk to because, you know, they could snap at any moment. Like, that's who I'm sitting next to. And she's probably like fucking 10, 15 years younger than me. And I just, it was fucking weird. It was weird. Um, but here's what happens. And here's my unacceptable. All right. Um, I'm sitting there and the pilot goes... Hey guys, uh, look, we got a little, so we start to, because we're going to have a little rough air. We got reports of some rough air and, uh, you know, we're going up there to the north and the pattern that we're taking is going to have some, um, pattern, you know, it's going to have some, uh, rough air patches. So the climb's going to be, you know, the climb up's going to be a little rough and, the, you know, and the come down, you know, um, the approach landing is going to be a little rough. So going to have the seatbelt sign on uh, for a little longer. Try to get it off there for you so you guys can move about the cabin and go to the bathroom. Just bear with us and be patient, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, great. Now I got this on my fucking mind. I haven't been in the air in a long time, and now I got to worry about this, you know, rough air patch. Okay. Um, and then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, thinking about it, and I'm, we're taxiing. And then we get up. And the takeoff is okay. It is it is a little rough. It's not super smooth, but it's not as bad as I was like anticipating, which is another thing I don't like that they do. But I guess it's good to tell people, right? But then the flight attendant comes on. As the captain said, we're going to be having some rough air uh, coming up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, man, I know, I heard him. So then I'm just sitting there. And we start climbing up, and then we start to level off. And then the captain comes on again, and the captain goes, we're going to have a little rough air for the next so-and-so. I'm going to try to find a, you know, a smooth path for you. And now I'm like, dude, is this, what the fuck is going on in this flight? Like, you, you guys told me this three times now, and I'm expecting, like, the movie Day After Tomorrow when the fucking masks fall down and, and the plane's getting thrown all over the place. And then I got fucking, you know, Miss Cold next to me, Miss Cold Shoes over here who wants nothing to do with me. So now, while the fuck we're going down, I don't even have somebody to be like, can you fucking believe this? I can't believe this. I got shit to do. You know, I don't even have that. I got to, you know, I got to walk on eggshells while the fucking plane's going down with this one next to me. I don't even have any comfort, nothing like that. All right, and they just keep telling me how rough this fucking flight's going to be. That's it. They just keep telling me. So I'm like, I get it. I understand. So I have to piss really bad, right? I mean, I, I have to piss, and I'm holding it in, and I'm like, all right, just hold it in, and, you know, and I'm like lying to myself. You know when you do something with your body, and you're like, you try to make it better in your mind? I'm going, all right, no, but if you hold it in, that means you'll build a tolerance for holding it in, and you're not going to like, you know, have to always go all the time. So you hold it in, and you store more, and I'm just like lying to myself, just doing anything I can to not piss. And I'm like, all right, no, I could do another 10 minutes, another 10 minutes. And finally, I go, fuck it. I don't care how rough the air is or whatever. I got to go piss. And right as I get up, and I have to cross this meanie, I start walking down the, she's probably very nice. I start walking down the thing to the bathroom and all of a sudden they, we get smooth air on my way to the bathroom. He turns the seatbelt thing off. I'm like, oh, my timing is great. And I'm in there taking a piss and I'm just, and, he's, and, and then they come on. I swear to God, I'm not even joking. It was almost like a comedy. As I'm like ready to piss, I just hear, all right, I've turned the seatbelt sign off and uh, I'm sure some of you may have to use the lavatory pretty bad. So, um, you know, it's going to be all right. But uh, we are only a couple thousand feet above the rough air, so if you're going, just make sure you hold on to something, you know, because the rough air is still around us. And all they're doing on this flight, everybody, is telling me how rough the fucking air is for the fourth time. They just keep doing it. And then we level off for a little bit, and then on the fucking come down, the plane's getting thrown all over the fucking sky. I mean, it's just going back and forth, and... uh 
please get to your seats. We're going to have a little rough. And I'm like, so, you know, rough air. I get it. Um, but thank God I'm talking now, which means we did land. But um, so, yeah, it's kind of unacceptable to like reiterate. How about you do this? How about you come on the thing and one time, okay, especially people that don't like to fly. Maybe that's why the girl sitting to the left of me was so weird because she's fucking freaking out the whole time in her mind. And I could tell when we were taking off, she got a little weird. So I said to her, I go, oh, do you use, do you fly this airline a lot? I said something um, after she was mean to see what I was dealing with Um, because I wanted to find out. I had a question about the, I had a question about something with the airplane because I don't fly a lot with American. And once she gave me, she gave me an answer like, no, I don't fly at all. And then I knew she was like weirded out. But how about you do this? How about the captain comes on once and says, guys, the duration of this flight, there is going to be a lot of rough air and a lot of turbulence. That's the pattern. And that's what we're hearing. Because he came on and said, oh, traffic control said coming down, it's going to be really rough and uh, we're going to have some gusts of wind and all that stuff. How about you just lay it all out at the beginning, say what the fuck is going to happen from the beginning, and then that's it. All right? I don't even mind if after that they're like, listen, we got the, the push carts and the food and all that. We got to pick a time to do it. We'll let you know when because of the air. And do that all up front. But don't keep reminding me. I could not relax for three hours. I'm just thinking, am I going to sleep and hear a bang and hear, you know, he, he feel this shit? Unacceptable. Okay? That, I, I, I Do it better. Okay, because I've flown United, I've flown Delta, I've flown American, I've flown JetBlue, I've flown Spirit, I've flown Frontier, all of these things, and, and I got to tell you something, Virgin did it the best. Virgin said everything, and Virgin doesn't exist any domestic anymore, it's only like overseas, uh, Virgin, to go to, Virgin Atlantic exists, but Virgin America does not. Uh, they merged with somebody, but... They would tell you everything up front, and then they just shut the fuck up. And if something needed to be said, then they would say it. But they just, it was just this thing where it was like, this is your captain, this is what we're going to do, this is the weather, everything like that. And then it was just entertainment, and you, and you chill, and you dealt with what it was. And if something else needed to be said, they would do it that way. Don't keep reminding me for three hours when I'm at 37,000 fucking feet going 500 miles an hour next to Mrs. Cold Pants over here that shit's going to be rough. Um, another one, another eye squinter, head tilter was this. Um, we went to the steam room, me, Bill, and by the way, everybody in Minnesota last night, if you were at the show, man, thank you so much for the kind words. It was sick, man. Opening for Bill is always sick. We don't get to do it a lot. And, uh, you know, Bill celebrated his birthday, his 50th birthday, um, without us because he was in Europe. And uh, he wanted us to kind of be on this with him and celebrate with him and stuff. So uh, it's really cool that we're all together and we had a great time. So we're in this hotel. We go to the steam room. Dude, we are in a hotel that has a full basketball court. I'm not talking half court. I'm not talking like a mini full court. I'm talking like if Duke had to play Michigan State in this place, they could do it. Like they could get officials and have a legit game here. Like that's the fuck. I mean, they have a basketball court. They have racquetball courts. All right. They have a full-fledged gym, sauna, and steam room. They got a locker room that looks like the Yankees locker room. It is, I mean, I can't even believe. The the room's great, too. I mean, we are staying at a sick hotel, which is not haunted because I found out that some of the places were haunted. ESPN talked about these basketball players seeing things, and one of them we stayed at. I'm not going to mention it, but it freaked me to fuck out. 
um, you know, I don't want to hurt business anywhere, but you know, there's a, apparently, you know, hotels that are haunted. I haven't hear, heard anything about this one, but this one's got all this shit. So we go down to the steam and I'm like, look guys, before like, cause we're going to go get that juicy Lucy or Lucy juicy or juicy Lucy. Yeah. It's the one where I burned my mouth. It's the burger with, it's a famous here in Minnesota, the burger with the hot steamed cheese in the middle of it. And uh, I bit too much into the middle and burned myself. Um, so we were going to do that. And I'm like, dude, I could, let's just get like eggs and fruit, man. We're trying to, I'm trying to be good. Let's, let's get the burger for lunch later. Like, I don't want to have greasy burger and like oozing cheese. The first thing that I eat today. So like, all right, we'll get that in the afternoon. So I go, let's see if they got eggs now. Um, so I go downstairs and I'm like, did you guys still serving eggs? And the guy at the front goes, nah, upstairs the restaurant's about to close, but the bar here's got a full menu. They do a brunch. You could get eggs and everything right here. And I go, great. They're like, yeah, all day. I'm like, awesome. So sit down, and uh, guy was nice, super nice guy, trying to be very accommodating. But then I said, "Hey man, um, I go, I get a water, and I said, uh, can I get a coffee?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'd have to run upstairs to get it, but I can do that." I'm going like, "Dude, I'm such a nice guy that I almost said, no, it's okay, I'll get it.' You fucking believe that?" <laughs> Think about, think about that. I'm at a place, okay, and I'm not a diva, you know, you guys know, I like amenities, I like the better shit, I'm not gonna lie to you, but could you imagine being at a restaurant, I mean a five-star fucking hotel, and going, can I get a, and the guy was great, his service was great, but I literally could not believe, he goes, I'd have to go upstairs, but yeah, it's like, how about we leave that first sentence out so I don't feel like a guilty piece of shit, like I'm making some fucking slave go upstairs and get me this. And get, It's like, how about, yeah, no problem. I'll be right back with it. Maybe what he was doing was saying it's going to take a little longer, which I would have been fine with, but if you just went up, if you said nothing, you went upstairs and you brought me, I wouldn't have felt like a piece of shit. He brought me a pot down, so like I had extra just because I was like, I want this guy's like trips to be worth it. That's what of a nice dickhead I am. But it's like, don't make me feel like a piece of shit. I feel like this piece of shit who like, <laughs> you know, made this guy do it. Yeah, I have to go upstairs and get it. But yeah, it's like, what are you, my brother, my mother? Like it was, it was brutal. So, uh, you know, both aren't crazy unacceptables, but both of the head tilts going, all right, you know, we could have done that. We could have done that one better. Um, I know that uh, you guys had some stuff that you said, so I want to get to uh, at least a couple. But I do have a big review on this on this documentary that I want to get to. So let me um, let me get to this here, and uh, and we'll go from here and see what see what the deal is. Did we get the okay? Unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. Submit them. Uh, okay, this oh asking that dumb shit. This is from uh, Omi, and I got the name. What up, Paul? This is Omi. It's been a while, but I had to write this unacceptable. I think it'll make you laugh. My unacceptable is when um, one of your favorite comedians, and in your conversation, he says he just came from Pleasantville Lodge to do his set, um, The Stand, and my dumb ass, where is that? And the comedian tells you, in Pleasantville. You notice the confused look <laughs> on his face, like, what the fuck, dude? I just told you. But uh, he's a cool dude, so he's not going to make you feel bad, so he just answers. I tried to recover and fake like I was trying to get an idea of the nearby area, and he went along with it. (laughs) 
<laughs> but he and I both knew I fucked up. That's really funny. Yes, Paul, you lived through the unacceptable and my bad for being on autopilot and asking that dumb shit. Well, dude, you were there at the show for like five hours because it was the last one at the stand the marathon. Um, oh, yeah, and, and I did say I got your name right. I had forgotten you used to say my name wrong, so I didn't give it the proper acknowledgement uh, when you told me, uh, called me Oh me. It hit me later that night. You're a good dude. So you, uh, well, thank you, Omi. Uh, here we go. Shannon. This is from Shannon. Overdue, unaccept, overdue, acceptable, slash, unacceptable um, from Shannon. And Shannon says, forgive me, Verzi, for it's been four months since my last unacceptable. Um, okay. I have not written to you. Uh, for the biggest acceptable of my life. I saw you and Bill kill it in Vancouver on International Women's Day, which is hilarious to me for some reason. Yeah, especially with our acts. Um, no, I'm kidding. From the push and support of the, uh, of the not, uh, none other than Kelly Meyer, yes, him and I nerd out over TVE now and are becoming Facebook friends. He told me to contact you. Uh, he told me to contact you so I could meet you. Told me you are the nicest person. And he was right. Thank you. Oh, now I feel like a dick reading this. Um, again, for the awesome show, for meeting us, uh, and for liking our pastries. Well, no, Shannon. Thank you for bringing those delicious pastries because... Um, she brought these pastries from her, she brought these pastries from her bakery, which, you know, I'm trying to eat good. And like, that was kind of when I really started to like eat better. Like I, that was at like where I was like, right now I'm, I, I weigh less than that. And I feel better than I did then. But I was like at the, like, I was kind of starting to do good there. Like I was starting to give up the candy and, um, you know, there are certain, fa there are certain, um, Facebook friends and certain, uh, TVE listeners that, you know, just like go above and beyond, man. Like, you know, there's a diehard. You know, bands have those people that just always go to the shows and always, like, Shannon's one of them. I appreciate it. Kelly Meyer, of course. I mean, Kelly, the Shakespeare of shit, has carte blanche on the show. Um, but you, she brought these pastries, and I bit it, and I go, I said to uh, Burr, I go, dude, you got to bite this. And he bit the pastry, and he was just like, what the fuck? It was delicious. So thank you. Uh, if time, uh, I have a second part of that so this was one of the best nights of my life by the way we walked over to the theater right away two blocks down from the theater there was a huge line my husband and friends just line up i'm like what is this line for why are we in this line let's leave uh no they make me stay okay so 15 minutes later guess what this line led nowhere so now we are at the theater the security guards are checking our stuff. They look at all the pastries and, uh, and talk into their uh, headpiece. Yeah, we're going to need uh, someone to take this stuff to the act. Wait a minute. We're going to need someone to take this stuff to the act. I'm like, oh, no, we are meeting up with them later like a fucking pimp. It was awesome. Thanks again to Kelly. <laughs> anyway... Uh, yeah, I'm surprised they let you do that because a lot of people lie, you know, so I'm surprised they weren't like, yeah, sure you are, you know, who are you going to poison, you know, so that's cool that you were just like, no, we brought the pastries for the, for the comics and they were like, all right. Um, anyway, so then we get, 
uh, to another goddamn line. Uh, I'm like, no, fuck this idiot line. So I push through, and then all of a sudden, I am past the line alone, and I look back. My friends are waiting to get their tickets checked, and I just walk through all the ticket checkers like uh, like nothing. No one says shit. I didn't even have my ticket out, so I guess I didn't need to pay. I felt so pimp. I don't know what happened. I had Clint Eastwood-level confidence. Then, this is, this is funny. I had no idea about this. Um, then... We get into the theater and have to pee. I pee every 15 minutes, so repeat the same story like 15 minutes in your head over the course of the night. So I get to this huge fucking line and then realize every single person in line is a man. So I just walk down (laughs) the right side of the stairs uh, beside all of these dudes. They are looking at me like, what the fuck? And I'm looking at them like, what the fuck? Then I walk into the ladies' bathroom. No fucking women were there. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, No women, no lineup for me. I peed like 15 times that night uh, uh, just because. Uh, Do you know how insane (laughs) that is for me? It was crazy. No one knew (laughs) that was happening. Then I realized, oh, there is just a shit ton of dudes here and only like 50 women. Anyway, that was the greatest night of comedy Oh, that's of comedy attending life. Seriously, you were amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, You and Burr for the show and meeting us and Kelly uh, for kicking my butt. Oh, yeah. And lock all the women in the cage uh, next International Women's Day and make them watch a live show for yours and Burr's uh, forever. Thank you, Shannon. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, fans like you deserve it. You know, to be honest with you, you know, fans like you deserve it. And I was very happy with that night, too. Like, I remember I was doing some new jokes, and I was trying to do I was trying to do some jokes that weren't in the special, but I also wanted to give some that were in the special because when the special comes out, I want people to, you know, I want people to recognize it or like it, or I want people to go, oh, man, I like that joke. I hope it's in the special. So, But I remember having a really good time that night. I appreciate it again, and uh, that's awesome. That's awesome that you – I mean, it means a lot to say – I mean, I know I, I know Burr has a lot to do with that. I mean, Bill did a lot more time than me, and his hour is incredible. His new material is incredible. So, um, you know, I'm not going to say that it's not because of Bill, but to be a part of, even a small part of a night where you're saying it was the best comedy show live that you saw in your life, uh, it means a lot. So thank you so much. And I uh, hope you and, and, and yours are well and good. And shouts to Kelly Meyer, who uh, I'm sure one of these days will be getting another you know, shit story. I like when Kelly just sits at bay for a while and then all of a sudden, you know, you just listen into a TVE, nobody knows it's coming and then boom, it's a shit pants, it's a, it's a shit your pants story like you haven't, like you haven't heard ever. Um, all right, we're, we're, are we almost at 40 minutes here? All right, 35 minutes. Um, yeah, I got some other stuff that I want to talk about here. Um, yeah, we got sports, we got the evil genius. All right, I'm going to talk about Evil Genius now and see how far it gets us, and then we'll see uh, what we can what we can do. Um, if I missed any of your stuff, and by the way, guys, you can also send your um, unacceptables to not just unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. You could send me a quick unacceptable on Twitter, like I did it like when I first started doing the unacceptables. So if I have a lot of stuff to talk about, or there's a big piece, or like you know whatever, uh, even an interview, we could just go through them. So you could just follow me uh, at Twitter. Um, on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. So, 
uh, I've been watching these crime documentaries and I came across Evil Genius. Now, uh, I'm not going to say spoiler alert, but if you want to fast forward past this, I just have to, I'm going to try to explain this to you without giving anything away, but it's, it's wild and definitely something that you guys should, should see. I'm not going to put it on the level of The Staircase. The Staircase was the most fascinating and greatest crime documentary of all time, greatest question of all time. Uh, you know, I talked about it a couple years ago when they did 10 episodes and they did three new ones on Netflix now. Um, I would say right now, if anybody said to me, what's the greatest documentary or crime story of all time, I put, I put The Staircase number one. I think it's the most fascinating crime story of fucking all time if I had to rank any of them, any of them. It's number one. It is bizarre. It is, it is crazy. I mean, the lawyers, the, the what happened, the, 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 the crime, not knowing who did it, the whole thing is amazing. Evil Genius is not as long. Evil Genius is four or five, I think it's four episodes. Okay. Now here's what happens in, in, in and here, the synopsis is, um, this baffling true crime story, this is what it says. This baffling true crime story starts with the grisly death of a pizza man who robs a bank with a bomb around his neck and gets weirder from there, to say the fucking least, okay? This starts out, there's a man in the street, a bank called up. He goes into he goes into PNC Bank, I believe. Yes, I think he goes into yes because that's PNC Park is where the Pittsburgh Steelers play, right? Yes, that's the bank of the of PA, I think, or the big one there. He goes into PNC Bank in Erie, Pennsylvania, and uh, fitting name, fitting fucking name. And um, he goes in and he's got this thing strapped around his neck and his chest, and he's holding a cane. And the cane is like also a shotgun that would actually have worked. Like it's got this thing. It's like this rigged up thing, right? And um, so, oh, fuck. I have to charge this. Damn. I have to charge this this thing. Hold on. Okay, I had to fix that. There we go. You guys didn't feel a thing. All right. So um, he's got this thing strapped to his neck. He's got a shirt that's like written, something's written on his shirt that says guess or something. He's got um, a cane, which was a shotgun. He asks, he gives a, I think he gives a note that asks for like 250K and he only ends up getting like 9K and walks out and he's kind of confused and police get called and he's just sitting down on the ground and all these cops are around with their guns drawn. And he's going, I got a bomb strapped to my neck. It might go off. I hear it ticking. Like, please help. Get it off. And when the cops realize he actually does have a bomb, they, like, run away. And they just got this thing. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert. uh, You know, I mean, it happens at the very, very beginning. So the, the bomb goes off and ultimately kills this man. It was brutal and scary because, like, they, like you're like, oh, my God, dude, is this guy's fucking head going to blow off? Like, I don't know how graphic this documentary was. And they, they show it in a way which was probably whatever. But um, so this man is sitting there and, and it blows up. So now the whole question of this thing is, like, what the fuck is going on? How did this happen? And he delivered a pizza somewhere and they found out where the call for the pizza went, right? Like, And he went from that place to the bank. So these people were, they went looking for the place and it was near a cell tower on this certain street. 
and uh, they don't know if this guy was an accomplice or if this guy was a victim and made to do it. And then a 911 phone call happens from a guy saying that his neighbor is a woman who killed somebody and he helped get rid of the body and that there's a body in a freezer and they need to come and he's scared for his life now and he ultimately admits helping move the body but he was afraid she was going to hurt him and all this stuff and now that guy's phone call was on the same block a few houses away from the cell tower place that that got the delivery driver so now the, the cops and the FBI are trying to put this shit together and more characters get involved. And there's a woman there. And you just find out. I mean, I don't want to give any more away, but I will tell you this, okay? This is one of the most manipulating. This shit was so, like, I'm trying to, like, go to bed early and not stay up and do binge watch until 3 o'clock. You know, I got the kids home from school. I'm fucking exhausted. I got a lot of traveling, working late in the city. So I'm like... I wanted to make sure by like 1.30 I was done. I did it in, in, I think each episode is like almost an hour. So I did it like 46 minutes. I did it in like two days or three days. But dude, this shit had me like, it got to the point where, and I wasn't even trying to be a dick. My wife was talking to me and like, I, I like snapped like a little kid. I just put it on mute. I go, I'm watching something right now. Like, what are you, what? And she was just like, Jesus. And I, I was like, she ran away. I was like, sorry, I love you. Like it was, I was that... I was that into it. And you find out the connections of people and was the guy an accomplice and you don't know if it was and then another character comes in and you're like, oh, this is the reason and it's this crazy triangle puzzle, I guess, that all comes together, all comes together pointing one way and then at the end, you still don't know if the pizza bomber named Brian Wells, rest his soul, you don't know if he was an accomplice or if he was a victim until the very, very end where you think you know now. It was satisfying. It was crazy. It was one of the most manipulating, weird things. The lying, the twisting, the holy shit, like turns and shit. Evil Genius is a really, really good one. All right. I, like I said, I don't put it up there with the staircase. You can't. The staircase is Jordan. The staircase is Jordan. If somebody out there can tell me, I mean, I, and, and guys, if you want a full thing on the on the confession tapes, which is also on Netflix now, $3, go to my Patreon. You could listen to it. It was wild. And I really want to know what people think. I really, really do. And I talk about it a ton on the Patreon. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, if you guys know of a better documentary for crime than The Staircase, let me know about it. But I still, to this day, and I've had some good ones. I've went to some good ones. Uh, Confession Tapes is, is really interesting. Those are episodes, and, and it's different, but, you know, that that's one thing. Evil Genius was really, really good, too. But nothing is The Staircase. But Evil Genius is like... Evil Genius is like um, Goodfellas and... The Staircase is like Godfather 1 and 2. You know, The Staircase is a long, going to take you days, maybe weeks. Uh, it, it's just this, you're just sitting there like, it's like a marathon of like amazing. You know, Evil Genius is like you find out in like two and a half, three hours what's up. And, and it's, a, it's, it's really good and it's got twists and stuff like that. I think that that's a good analogy. That's the best way that I would say it. Um, 
But I'm not going to lie to you guys, man. Like, when I'm sitting up watching these horrible crimes, I'm start like, thinking about, like, dude, is somebody coming to my fucking house? Like, there are people in this world that are so fucked up. It's the same thing. We don't know them. There is no way that you listening to this right now, anybody, male or female, listening to my voice right now as I speak these words on this podcast, TVE 361, right now as we speak, you listening, there is no way that you are not sitting in a restaurant, in a Starbucks, at a deli, at a show, next to somebody that has done some awful shit, is into some crazy shit, is a sexual deviant, you know, likes to jerk off on feet, likes to fucking, you know, killed, you know, squirrels when they were a kid, did some, everybody has got their shit, but some people just take it to a level where they were like, like, dude, some of these crime shows, like, yeah, you know, I just, I shot him in the head with a shotgun, I, I loved him, but I had to shoot him, and then, you know, like, just like, like rap, like, dude, uh, Bartnick was telling me a story about, like, these two heroin addicts or drug guys, these two drug guys, like, their their main guy came to collect money, and they didn't have money, so they killed him, chopped him up, and put him in a fucking, I don't mean to laugh, right, you know, any, anybody that dies, like, you know, I don't know the guy, you know, I always say rest his soul to anybody that, you know, died, I don't, I don't really know what the dude was, but he was the head of this thing, and they didn't have the money to give him when he tried to collect. They killed him, they chopped him up, and they put him in like an empty TV box. And then they left him in there. And they had like a party with him in there. And they just continued to just do heroin for like a week and a half, two weeks, like 10 days. They just, they just, and like people would come over and be like, yeah, what's that smell? It smells like a dead body. And and they would be like, smells like it. And, and like they, uh, Bartnick was saying, one of the guys goes, ah, that guy came. We killed him and chopped him up and put him in there. And they laughed and thought they were joking. And like, the, like there were some people that will fucking, like that's what's scary to me. That there are people that are so fucking evil and have no conscience. And like when you watch that shit, you start thinking like, dude, what the fuck? I think I went to school. I went to school with somebody that, that killed somebody and then like wrapped them up. I remember seeing that, like, killed somebody, then, like, wrapped them up and, uh, and, and just, like, went around, like, driving the guy's car and doing stuff like that. And, like, you just hear things like that. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, it really lets you realize, like, how you were raised or, like, how maybe, how maybe the other question, how some people aren't raised right. But, like, these killers, I'm not talking about, like, serial, I'm not talking about, like, Jeffrey Dahmer type shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking about somebody that, like, is like a quiet recluse, like starts with animals and just like is like a collector, like kills and like does that and collects body parts. I'm not talking about that. Like those people, that's like a legit. I'm talking about somebody that like you play fucking basketball with and no, and then they just like they 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 have the ability to just kill you. That's I think, and I think that that's why we in this country are so fascinated with crime. I mean, I think everyone's fascinated with crime, but I don't know about other countries. Crime shows and murder. If you look at ratings and TV shows, it thrives here. Like, it's all of the shows that are on. Think about it. You know? NCIS, SVU, Law & Order has been on for 30 fucking years. All of these shows, Without a Trace, this one, that one, Missing Shit. Like, it's all about crimes. Documentaries on Netflix. I mean, how many people saw The Staircase? How many people? It's all of these. We're fascinated with things that we would not do. And then maybe people that would do them are fascinated. I don't know. But I'm not going to lie. Some of these shows, you ever question, like, if you'd kill somebody? 
Like, I literally was sitting there going, all right, dude, if I killed that family, here's how I would do it. And I just had to stop, I'm like, sitting there drinking, like, a flavored seltzer, thinking to myself, like, all right, I would, here's what I would do. I would fuck, and I'm, like, getting ideas, not that I would, not that I'm ever going to do anything. Fuck it, I can't, I'm just talking normal here. I don't have to worry about it, because I would never fucking do anything. I would never, dude, I shot a blue jay in eighth grade with a pellet gun, and I stood over it, and I started crying, and I never hunted anything ever again in my life. Okay, like, I'm afraid to, like... I'm afraid to like hold my hand, my kid's hand too tight and squeeze. Like I'm, I, I would never hurt anybody. But when you watch these shows, you're like, dude, I would fucking kill that guy. Here's what I would do. I fucking, you know, you chop him up and you're watching these things because some people are just sick. Like this one woman, I swear to God, she just shot her boyfriend in the fucking face and just like put him in a freezer. And just was like, like, you know, oh, we got to get to that when we fucking do spring cleaning next year. It's like, <laughs> I never say anything. It's, it's bizarre to me. It, it really is bizarre. And I was talking to Giannis Papas about this. We're the only animals. We're the only animals, I think, that plot. We're the only species, because we're so intelligent, that plot murders. You know? Like lions and shit, they don't sit down and conspire. You know, lions aren't going to sit around and be like, all right, dude, look, I'm going to let them walk around the jungle today, tomorrow, but I'm telling you, next Thursday, we're going to meet up, all right, get the bear, the bear's going to jump out, scare him, I'm going to fuck, they don't do that, they just walk, they're like, oh, my stomach's growling, that thing's dead, like, that's, <laughs> that's what it is, <laughs> it's not, you know, we fucking, like, that's what's scary, man, that's what's scary about human beings, is they plan, they conspire, they're smart, and good people, like, it's it's actually freaks me out. Like, part of me is like, do I, I don't want to watch crime anymore. But at the same time, it's good to, like, kind of be aware of shit. You know, I think, I think Giannis was saying that there's a monkey that, like, not that they can conspire, but, like, a monkey will punish another monkey, like, to, like, to almost in a torture way. You know, when a snake or a fucking lion or one of these animals in the jungle, just in their environment, when they go and kill something and blood's flying everywhere, they're not doing it in any other way than I'm hungry, my cubs need to eat, and there's my hamburger that's running around. I just need to jump on it and get it. That's what they're doing. You know, which is, you know, but to, you know, to plan shit. But I think there is a monkey that will, like, punch and hit and, like, actually try to, like, you know... Cats, dude, if you watch domestic cats uh, fuck with their prey, like they like to bat them around and watch them die. They're like kind of cruel too. There's a few animals, but like nothing like what we do. But man, you got to, some of these things that these people do are, are really wild. So check that out. That's the review. Um, it's, it gets, like I said, it get, it's as good as it could get without being the staircase, I think. It's an absolute must watch. To the point where when I found out that there was only, I wanted five more. I wanted, I was actually disappointed and looking forward to the next one and disappointed when there wasn't. Uh, all right, guys, I will wrap this up and get this out to you, and then I will have one early in next week. Um, Yankees, Red Sox tonight. I'm loving what's going on with the Yankees. Uh, but Yankee fans need to calm down a little bit because everyone's like, well, I don't want to give that guy up. Well, I know we said we're not going to give up Torres because he's our phenom, but, like, I don't want to give up Andahar either. And I don't want to give up. Like, let's just – it's like, look, you can't be – some Yankee fans are a little delusional. Like, some Yankee fans think, all right, we're going to give up little as possible. 
And there's got to be a team out in the majors that want us to win over them. So we're going to get everything we want and not give. No, that's not how trades work. Trades work where it's like that team needs a third baseman for 10 years. We have a couple, so we're going to give them one, and we need a pitcher. Like, that's how it works. Not, oh, let's just fucking let the Yankees keep everybody great, you know. Because I was talking about how I heard on the radio that we may have to get rid of Miguel Andujar, the third base phenom that we got. And, um, you know, because we already said that we weren't going to give up Torres, our phenom second baseman. And, but you're going to have to give up something. Like, it, 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 you're going to have to give up something to get something is my point. But what can you say? The Yankees are flying. Um, I'm not going to get into the NBA free agency too much. I will just say this. LeBron James calling Kevin Durant and saying, come with me and play in the lake with the Lakers with me um, is exactly why he'll never be Michael Jordan. And it's exactly why, although I've said he is an amazing, amazing, one of the best on the planet, the best on the planet, and one of the best we will ever see. I've always said it. What he did is incredible. He's close to Jordan as far as wh- what he can do, but... He just doesn't have the, the – I just don't think he's got the, the – there's just something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But the best was Kevin Durant quoted somebody, why would I ever do that? But, you know, LeBron James is probably going to go to the Lakers and he's going to go with another superstar and put together a team. And it's just at what point is it like, okay, there's four or five teams that can compete and these superstars just team up together and go get a ring. At what point is it like that ring sucks? That ring doesn't count. I, or, or that there, there's it's, it's almost like doing steroids. I honestly feel like that. So whatever. But he's gonna go somewhere. He's probably not gonna go to the Knicks now. Uh, you know, I don't. Maybe he never was. But there was when Jalen Rose got me excited. I had to at least address it because I there was no pressure if he comes to New York at all. Um, but we'll see. Somebody there? Oh, sorry. I thought somebody. Uh... Knocked on my door. My hotel room, I'm laying in my bed this morning, and I hear a knock on the door. And I'm in, the hotel room's kind of big, but I heard a knock on the door. So I yell from bed. I go, yeah, what, you know, what, or whatever, you know. And I just hear, like, room service. And I go, I didn't order, I, or I said something. No, no, I said, um, no, they knocked. And I go, can you come back later? Because I thought it was housekeeping. But then I'm thinking, I have the do not disturb on the door. And he goes, it's, it's uh, room service. I'll just leave it here. And I'm like, all right. And then like, I'm like tired and out of it. And I realized I didn't fucking order anything. And then I went outside. So I think, I think it was another room that I just heard. Um, I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's pretty much it for uh, sports. Uruguay is beating Portugal two to one right now, and um, it says it's 88 minutes. 88 minutes in. Is that? Yeah, 88 minutes in, and Uruguay is winning 2-1 um, to one over Portugal. So, I mean, whatever that means to you guys, I don't know. Uh, that's it for sports. Guys, uh, please come out to uh, – oh, this went good. This was a f- good flow. Anytime – I feel like it's a good flow, this show. Anytime it's like 50-something minutes and you feel like, oh, did I get to everything? Um, you got to come out to these shows. Here we go. I'm going to give you the rundown on these shows, but uh, – I am touring everybody, and uh, here's where you could see me. I will be, um, well, if you listen to this tonight, I will be in Detroit with Bill Burr tomorrow, but I will be headlining next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the Punchline in Atlanta, July 5th through the 8th. 
Um, then I'll be at the Borgata, July 15th through the 18th. And uh, guys, one of the shows that I'm so humbled and completely um, grateful to be headlining and doing is the amazing Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, August 10th and 11th, two shows, 8 and 10. Um, if you ever wanted to see me, this is the one to come to. If you're in New York, if you're in, in Jersey, if you want to make a trip to New York and you want to see um, a great, great comedy club uh, and uh, hopefully a great show, I, I am, uh, I'll tell you this, I'm going to be on my A game those two nights and I'm going to be ready and I'm excited and I'm going into that like it's a fight. Like it's a it's a it's it's a pay-per-view fight for me because that's how much the owners mean to me and that's how much the club means to me. So come out August 10th and 11th, 8 and 10. That's going to be awesome in um, August and then August 29th through September 1st. I will be at the Comedy Cellar at the Rio in Las Vegas. So check out those dates. For more dates and updates, go to paulverzi.com. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to my Patreon. $3 a month. There will be another one with some special guests um, very, very soon. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And until episode 362, I am out of here. Hope to see you at a show. Hope to have you listening. Uh, take care. Later.